find some anything, you know. This is how prepared I am tonight. I actually wrote out a list of my um my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> College basketball. Cause I'm just kinda honestly just gonna kinda shit on it a little bit. Um I think we should touch. I mean, it is the final four, so it's like technically yeah. you know, it's one of the biggest sporting events, you know. In that realm, so we should at least touch on it. You can shit on it all you want to. I don't personally care for college sports yeah. in general, so I just like, I thought you like, like college football. I thought you're a college football guy. I don't like college football enough. You like Oregon football? Yeah, it's all right, man. There it's it not is. as good as Buffalo Bills football. There it is. You're all in. All right, then that's good. I'm ready. If you want to, um. If you want to count it down, we can go. I got um, – what was I going to look at again? What what, what did we just say that I was going to f- – oh, it's uh, Ju- uh, Julio Cesar Chavez. Julio Cesar Chavez. Check yeah, him out. Check I like him out. that. Fuck yeah. No, we're going to end with some fun because I'm going to shit on him. <laughs> this is that other sports show. Let's go. cultures and religions we love you all and we thank you all for listening to that other sports show tonight we are going to hype up the combat sports crowd so folks if you are into ufc if you are into just combat sports in general we're going to throw some boxing at you we're going to talk heavyweight greats we're going to talk a lot about combat sports it's going to be great we're going to start the show with a little final four action so for all you college sports guys out there all you betters out there you know my boy jay he hits hard with the bets baby so you gotta listen close we're gonna get that we're gonna move into heavyweight stuff combat sports ufc 260 we're even gonna go into a little bit of anderson silva julio cesar chavez that is gonna be a big uh, big spot for my boy jay valdez we We'll hit as much as we can within the hour and so that we got. Again, thank you all for joining in. My name is Jesse Thomas, and introducing you to my my boy from Fresno, holding it down Fresno style the best he can, Mr. Jay Valdez. Hey, now, what's up, y'all? It's good to be back. I'm excited. Uh, Jesse and I have done a combat sports heavy show multiple times throughout the years. Uh, and doing prep for the show, that is where we're geared. So we threw some ideas out there. It's highly unlikely we'll get to some of the stuff that we were looking at in regards to NBA, in regards to NFL. That's back burner stuff. More than likely you'll hear about that next week. We're going to have uh, possibly two guests on next week. We'll see. We're juggling stuff right now. I think we do have one confirmed. Um Shout out everyone that's working with us right now. Um, shout out everyone who's been listening to the previous podcast that's listening, whatever platform you're using, whether it's Apple or Spotify or Google or or however you are consuming us. We enjoy it. 
I told Jesse, please don't look at the numbers anymore because he started looking at the numbers. We don't want, I told Jesse, don't look at the numbers right now. Don't worry about that. Whether we get a hundred listeners, a thousand listeners, 10,000 listeners, who cares? Our, our loyal fan base is always going to find us. We're going to game fans because we do a good show. So, uh, Jess, were you looking at numbers now? I'm just going to poke you with a stick. Were you looking or have you left it alone? No, I was looking at numbers, man. Uh, no. Okay, let me ask you this and be honest. Uh, are we less than, right around, or more than what we were the previous time you looked? Be honest, um, if it's less than, I'll wear it. It's okay. It's okay. Are we talking each individual uh, each individual show? Yeah. Okay, so... Don't give our, me numbers. Our, I don't want to hear hard numbers. I that, that might hurt my feelings. Just... Now, now, think, now, our last show is the least listened to. Oh, Jesus. But listen, though, it's also been uploaded for the least amount of time. So, Wow, that's heartbreaking. With, without, We're going without, the wrong way. No, listen, 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 without telling numbers, there was a certain number I wanted to hit before we did tonight's show, and we hit it. So I'm happy. Oh, okay. So we're coming around. That's we're coming around. And, All right. And not only that, but we're fine. I was, I was real worried about the female listeners. Ladies, really worried that you weren't going to pick up on what we're throwing down. Okay? It's, you know, combat sports, we think of it as primarily like a, a guy thing, a guy sport. Lots of guys. There's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of ladies out there who love their sports, whether there it be football, go. hockey, baseball. We're finally starting to get some love and attention from the lady listeners. Thank you very much, ladies. Shout out to female listeners. Are we getting? Are we gaining traction in Canada yet? Uh, we are. We've actually lost traction in Canada, but we've gained traction. And <laughs> we're Mexico going the wrong Spain. way. But Mexico and Spain is gaining. Tra- it's gaining speed. Shout out Mexico. My, my mi gente. Shout out mi gente. They see Valdez and they're thinking, "Man, fuck, he's got to got to got to support yeah, my yeah. my people." <laughs> Um, so let's do quick plugs. Um, please follow the show. We're starting our Twitter over. Uh, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, our old Twitter handle had like 5,000 followers or something like that. Now we're back to like a hundred. We're starting from scratch. Uh, Jesse, shout out the Twitter, please. It's at team toss team spelled out team toss spelled out toss. This is way easier than the other one, which was sporty underscore. Nuts with a Z, with which, which for <laughs> five years or six years, however long we had that handle, I never understood why you just picked that one. I really I don't. don't I don't. It just you. I, you must have been sipping beers that night. You were feeling froggy. You're like this. This fits us. This is it because we're that's, nuts. That's we're nuts happens. with a Z. We're like the oh Hardy my. Boys with a Z. The fucking Dudley's <laughs> Z. That's how extreme Holy we are. Shit, you've caught on to something. Why is it always a Z? I think that I think that was an attitude era thing. That's an attitude era thing, yeah. Should um should we hop into the NCAA's? So my brackets busted. Everybody's I had Michigan. Busted. I had Michigan going to the finals and winning it all. I felt like a genius. I felt like a real insider, like a Jay Billis, Fran Fischella type when I turned my bracket in. Only to find out of like the 17 people that played, like four or five picked Michigan to win it all. So I wasn't that much of a fucking genius. Um, Here's the mistake that I made, Jess. I did not watch any college basketball, period. This is one of those years where I'll dabble a little bit. Maybe I'll watch some of the play-in tournaments. I'll have some type of pulse on it because I'll be watching players who are going to be drafted. I've done none of that. 
I've watched zero basketball. Okay. So with that said, with me having slim to no knowledge, I just went, here's what I'm going to do with my two bets here. I'm going to basically play the exact same hand and I'm just going to pick smart coaches, right? So I picked Syracuse to go deep and I picked, uh, uh, Oklahoma State to go deep because I like the 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 professionals the the potential professionals they have on that team. I picked UNC to go deep, right? Because you always got to pick a UNC or a Duke or one of these teams, a Kansas, one of these fuckers to go deep, right? Uh, loved Michigan, loved Gonzaga, so I picked Gonzaga. I also picked them to lose to Michigan because I thought, hey, at some point the pressure gets to you, and running the table is fucking difficult. Um, so far, they have proved me wrong as fuck. I think their overall win total is 90 points between the four games they've played, which is just just mind-blowing if you think about it. Take their total wins, uh, total wins, you know, with basically the point spread, it's 90 now. So they're just dominating teams. They're, they're not only beating them, they're beating the shit out of them. Do you want to reveal your Final Four and how busted it is? How 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 bad your bracket is? Or, yeah, Illinois. It, yeah, that's a shitty one. Illinois no, it's shitty. not. Illinois ah, is a good basketball ah, yeah, team. Yeah, you're doing the same thing I did. You just pick a team and now you're making yeah, excuses for them. Yeah, I did this with Oklahoma State, right? You're making excuses <laughs> for them. Um, so you did way better than I did because you went, I'm going to go with the top two to three seed and made majority of these brackets to get to the final four. I'm not going to try and think outside of the box. I'm not going to overthink this. I'm just going to go with what usually works. So what you did worked. Like it, it's fucking, it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a common blueprint that has worked more times than it's failed. So kudos to you. So who do you have winning it? You have Gonzaga winning it. Well, I had Baylor actually. Uh, so I'm going to, to I'm gonna stick yeah, with Bulls. I'm gonna stick you gotta, with Baylor. You gotta double down now. You gotta double down. Yeah. You whatever pool you're in, whoever you're in with that pool, you should be dick swinging right now. I'd be dick swinging if I had you. It's like, look at me. Yeah, I had Baylor and I had fucking Gonzaga, and I got a chance to fuck pull it all out. I'd be dick swinging. All right, so Jay, Jay, here's here's my question to you. Then same question: Who do you have uh, winning it all? Uh, right now, it's so weird because I still don't trust gonzaga even though Who we does? just saw them i i'm more fixated on it's so difficult to run the table and now the pressure is on them more than ever because now the pressure turns into well there's only one good team left everyone i mean like we should easily beat who are they playing again right now it's 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 ucla uh, we should be able to easily beat UCLA. They they played a fucking play-in game to get here, which still to me saying out loud is mind blowing. Um, and then in regards only, to only only the fifth team in NCAA history to win a play-in game and they get to the Final Four. Ah, shit, I would have thought they were the first. To be honest with you, that's my deep. well. There's so much pressure on them. I just I'm more about the pressure, and I just. Maybe they're just that good. I mean, again, systematically, they're a good team. They play defense. They play great college basketball, which is what you want to do during this time, right? It's all the cliche shit. But I just look at like, man, it's it's really difficult to run the table. And and In Baylor's sport. And Baylor, yes, and Baylor, and again, the, all they're gonna hear for the next six days is, can they do it? Can they do it more? You know, and and not only that, it's. It's they're gonna start. They're gonna start hearing about the same thing we're talking about, right? The historical perspective, yeah. right? That old thing, and then you know the whole. Oh, what about these UCLA Walton teams? What about these Kareem teams? What about the team that you just mentioned and UNLV and the Fab Five and all these other teams? 
You start you and start bringing up all these comparisons. There's been uh, there these have been the undefeated teams since '39. So 55-56 was San Francisco. 56-57 was North Carolina. 63, 64, 66, 67, 71, 72, 72, 73, all UCLA. Yeah, I'm looking at this. The the last time. A school went undefeated. It was Indiana, 32-0, and 75-76 years. Yeah, I see. Now I'm looking at it. Now I'm looking There we go. Uh, yeah, and then for our younger listeners that are trying to figure out what UCLA was doing, they went back-to-back with uh, Luau Cinder, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then uh, Bill Walton. I believe that's how that worked, right? They went back to back there with all oh, yeah. of those guys. So it's not 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 a bad combo. And I also believe the nineteen fifty six San Francisco team, I believe that team had um Will Chamberlain. I could be wrong, but I think they did. I'm really racking my brain right now. Uh well, Jess, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, but if we're gonna do who you got I think Bill I'm Russell. gonna go Baylor. I think I'm gonna go Baylor. I, I want to go. I just want to go balls out and go UCLA and just say it's one of those weird ass years where we're gonna look back and go UCLA won the championship that year. That's a good story, right? And I and I talked about this before. Everyone loves good stories. In twenty, the last sporting year has been good story stuff, right? Dodgers win the championship. LeBron comes to LA, wins a championship. A lot of good story shit, right? Uh, what was the other one? Oh, I said Tom Brady. Oh, there's another one I might have missed in there. These are all good story shits, right? So why Ooh, how not... about Alex Alex Smith? Alex Smith was Yeah, so just why not give us the UCLA runs the table and they win the yeah. championship from the play-in game? Like, why not why not have and then but God, could you imagine the dick swinging again that LA is gonna be doing? They'll have the Dodgers, they'll have the Lakers. If the Lakers win again, good lord. And they'll have a UCLA team that came out of nowhere and won a championship. That's mind-blowing if it happens. But if I have to pick right now, gun in my head, I'm going Baylor. Uh, who who you got? Uh, I'm going Baylor as well. Uh, you got Baylor, to. Ba- Baylor's down. fully well put together. They're fully well put together team from top to bottom, bench to starters. They got a great team. They're well coached. They're very physical. Not that Gonzaga is not, but I think that physicality comes into play in a national championship game. Almost like how they say defense wins championships. It almost seems like it fucking matters. Because it does, folks. Defense defense wins championships. Is this going to be one of those 55-57 championship games where it's just a lot of bad basketball? It's been a lot a lot more bad basketball than there's been good basketball. And there's been, there's oh, been good sure. games, don't get me wrong, but there's been some stinkers. Which, I mean, which happens when you have a tournament, right? Which, which just happens. Um, exactly. But this will, if, if I had, if I went over under right now, I, won't, I mean we won't know until the actual night up. But I, if I said the over under for Gonzaga Baylor was one hundred and forty three points overall, which means you sound like a seventy seven seventy five game, would you go over or under? I would take the under. Yeah, I don't blame you. That feels like First one to seventy wins. Sixty two, sixty six. That's it right there. We won't spend it. I think I'm done there. You got you got anything else there for the I'm done. College, college basketball, college right. basketball fans. Hit us up on Twitter if you want to talk more, but uh, we're done here. Hey, also, if you want to hit us up on Twitter, I think this is a great idea. If you want to ask us uh, the show questions about any sport, about anything, period, about life, hey, send them over to at Team Toss. But let me give you the best advice. Send them Tuesday. 
Because if you send them like after this show or Friday or Saturday, it's going to get lost because there's mentions, there's ads, there's retweets. And unless unless uh, Jess is printing them out uh, and leaving them at his desk, he's probably going to forget them. So please send those questions Tuesday, anytime after Tuesday, and we will answer those questions. Any questions, any questions about sports, life, you need some help, sex life, we're here to help you out. We're here for you guys. We are here to make it happen. If we have to tag in the Horn team, we'll get him in here. We'll do whatever yeah. it takes. Just like we got to bring our team horn. I mean, it's it's get just, it done. Listen, like I said, whatever it takes. Like Captain America, Jesse, you're the original Captain America. All right, um, I'm pulling up UFC stuff here. We discussed UFC 260 last show. We did a preview show. Uh, I think. We nailed most. Did we? Did we both pick Woodley? We both pick Woodley. We both shit the bed. We both spit the bed. Um, the first fight we did, we discussed. First fight we picked was Sugar Shine O'Malley. Um, he looked impressive. Jess, I'm sure you saw highlights of this. One of the things that had good old MMA Twitter a buzz was O'Malley drops the guy whose name already escapes me because he lost Almeida. Almeida early in the fight with an incredible head kick. Does not finish. Kind of does. Doesn't do a walk-off, but kind of does like a half-ass walk-off and gives Alameda just that split second to recover. Uh, um, big mistake, huge mistake. Happens during fights. What are you thinking here, Jess? What's your take on that? Now, first of all, I want to say that this whole like walk-off, knockout thing, y'all got to make sure he's fucking actually knocked out before he walk off. Too. Yeah. I'm a big none, fan none of that. Of, none of y'all got hands like Mark Hunt, okay? Hunt lays lays two fingers on your chin. You're probably going to sleep. He's allowed to walk off and just pretend like the fight's over because it probably is. Sean O'Malley, you are not, man. You that was it was a great setup. He had Almeida ducking, looking like he was going to throw some sort of hook. Almeida kind of ducks, made the kick even more impressive. Probably hit a lot harder. Super shin on face, never feels good. Uh, but bad. then he, like you said, he, he kind of does this whole like, oh, little twinkle toes, like walk off, oh, blah, 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 I'm done. Fights over, looks over, Almeida's already getting back up. He's trying to collect himself. Again, unless you know you've laid the fucking wood on somebody's chin, go finish the fucking fight. That's what people, that's what we pay you for. That's what we, pay, you know, we pay for tickets to go see you finish fights. Don't go walk off like an idiot. And that's just me hating on O'Malley because. No. That, that's but, why not. I'm just going to say the, the walk-off thing, unless you've done it and you know that it's for sure, don't do it. O'Malley is uh, – I'm, I'm going to say this. He's an, he's an impressive young man in the sport. Yeah, there we go. And, and, if, and if he can stay collected fully <laughs> from, 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 from training camp all the way through the third or the fifth round or whenever, you know, however long the fight goes, if he can stay collected that long, he's going to have an impressive career. He is very fluid yes. with his footwork. He is very fluid with his hands. Yep. Uh, his fight IQ goes through the roof when he's in that cage. And unfortunately, we just see the lower side of his IQ when he's, you know, spitting out stupid shit on social media. But his fight IQ is, is he's brilliant inside the cage. The way he cuts, just take that fight, for example, Almeida. Almeida is a very aggressive fighter, and he knew going into this fight with a huge losing streak that he was going to have to do something big in order to just keep his fucking job. And O'Malley had every angle cut off. Almeida, he didn't even allow Almeida room enough to look for those soft spots. There were no soft spots. 
O'Malley is is a very, very good fighter in the cage. I love his his angles. I love the cuts. Um, again, I think his fight IQ is high. We just unfortunately see that that weird, you know, awkward millennial, you know, attitude on social media, and then it kind of makes people dislike him. But then again, it also makes people, you know, want to watch his fight. I think the fight IQ is an interesting thing. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm not ready to say he has a high fight IQ yet. But I do want to say he's got a like a computer program type brain. And his um, he is a bad man. I do want to say that. I, I, I mean, it's easy for us to shit on him. And trust me, I'll shit on him here in a second. I'll be negative, Nancy. Um, but as you mentioned here, his footwork, his fluidity, his hand speed, his speed to power, um, it's impressive. His feints are incredible. He he does a really unique thing. Um, and it isn't the southpaw to right, but it's just a different type of feinting. And there's moments I look at it and I'm like, that it's almost it's almost like a glitchy type feint, but it works. It's effective and it gets you thinking. And it makes you wonder, okay, if he's doing this, where where is he firing from? What is he firing from? Um, I understand in this fight, one, he's kind of trying to figure out where his leg's at in regards to he's, he's coming back from an injury. He's had those injuries in the past, so we're always looking at that. Um, but I think when you drop that guy, Jess, just like you said, you got to hop on him, man. He had no problem hopping on him the second time because he learned from the mistake the first time. Um, when you drop a guy like that, uh, I mean, again, unless you're Marco Crocrop, you got to make sure that the guy is D-E-D dead. Um, you got to make sure his eyes are shut. You got to make sure that referee stepping in there to save him. Otherwise, you are now expending 10 more minutes of energy, putting yourself a potential risk for injury, putting your leg that's been injured in the past at risk. There's just a lot of things that I don't like. I'm more of a let's wrap this up and finish this up and get out of here. And we can always look, you know, and, and just and just get out of here as opposed to let's put ourselves in jeopardy of not only injuring ourselves, but potentially getting knocked out. He clearly realized, hey, I'm just a step ahead of this guy. My skill set, my skill set is a little bit better than him. And unless he catches me with some wild shit, I should I should have an easy night. But but again, I, I don't like the let me get a few rounds in. I, I, I like a hey, finish him while he's there. But the finish itself was beautiful. Uh, I know I have my phone in my hand just like a lot of dudes. And I was about to, to hit that tweet button and say, see, you should have jumped on him earlier. And now you just spend an extra two and a half rounds or whatever it is, expending energy and bullshit. But, uh, you know, to to my benefit, I didn't send on that tweet. He did get the fight finished. Uh, I think he, what did he, he used punches, I think. I can't remember. He landed some shit. He, he, he hurt my man, Alameda. He finished strong. Um, the punch at the end looked brutal. He got that highlight finish that he wanted. Um, and again, the thing with Sugar Sean, we want to see him fight again, right? Bottom line, we want to see him fight again. The optimistic fight fan in me that wants to see him grow and mature, wants to see him in there sooner than later. Um, the, you know, but also the guy that, that likes booing him as a heel, if you will, like, right. The person that doesn't like the negative that he brings to the sport. Yeah, there's always that as well. Yeah. And, and just to, to recap what you were saying, uh, you know, it went three rounds and it honestly should have only been around. So, uh, I mean, he did learn, you know, not to let that go the second time around. Uh, but O'Malley, again, 
just the dude. He's one of those. He's one of those characters. He's got that that it factor. Whether you want to hit him in the face or you want to go drink a beer with the guy, he he draws you in. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think that there's nothing stopping him. He's super young still. He's still got time to even develop a little bit more. Uh, I want to see him fight people outside of Thomas Almeida, who is now on a four-fight uh, losing streak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want to see him fight a, somebody, you know, a little bit in the uh, lower echelon of that division, but in the top ten of that division at least. No, I don't think and, ten. Ten uh, is it, tough. It, ten is uh, ten. No, might be a little early, but you're right. I think it, they did this with Chase Hooper, and it ended up and it ended up costing him. And I think they did. I mean. We've seen him do this with Sage. We've seen this do. We've seen him do this with other guys. And and while we talked about this a little bit last week, you, you while you want to protect your guys, at some point you also got you got to throw them in the fucking fire, right? You got to throw them in the fire. You can't protect them forever. Exactly, and and that's what I'm saying. Whether it's top fifteen or bottom, you know that that bottom, you know nine, ten, eleven, he's got to. I want to see him fight somebody who is going to potentially give him a fit. In the fight, or I want to see him run through somebody, and then that way he can kind of cement where he belongs uh, in that division. Ready for this? <laughs> That's it. That's it. What about Frankie Edgar? Ooh, that he destroys. He destroys Edgar. That's a great fight for him, isn't it? He destroys Edgar. But not only Aldo. that, he gets. But I don't know. See, I don't Aldo. know if he destroys Edgar, but. If he doesn't destroy Edgar, he gets three to five rounds of quality competition. Because Edgar's going to be in your chest. Edgar's a smart dude. He's, 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 you know what I mean? He's savvy as fuck. He's fought everyone. He's seen everybody's style. He's seen a bunch of different shit. So I, I, I can't see him just walking through him. Maybe he does. I mean, Frankie just got knocked out. So there's that thing. But yeah. Frankie got knocked out by a dude who's trending up like a motherfucker. So I, I God, I love that guy. I mean, it's one of those... who doesn't love Edgar, but I want if you're gonna throw him in. Okay, so I see Dana White does this to a lot of you know quote unquote legends, right? You know, mm-hmm. we've seen what he did with Anderson. We've seen what he did with uh, you know, even go back to Chuck Liddell during his like you know end of his career days. He's throwing him in against these super elite youngsters coming up in the sport. I don't know why he does it. But it, it just happens. Like, hey, man, this youngster's coming in. He's going to whoop your ass and take your place. That's the way it goes. So if you're going to do that, I would love to see O'Malley versus Aldo. No. Let's, let, let's make that happen. Let's see if O'Malley's leg can hold up some, to some Aldo kick. Yeah, it's terrible. And let's see what happens. That's a, stylistically, Look, that's a terrible matchup. But, but maybe not. The, maybe not. But here's the thing, man. Again. Uh, Aldo is out of the top 10. At least he should be, right? No, I'm mean, looking at him. They have him at six. Holy, there's no fucking way. He just beat right. Marlon Vera. I swear, he, beat, he just beat Marlon Vera less than six months ago. I know, I know that he just had a fight that he won, but uh, I don't think I, I don't think I, he's finished. I'm gonna throw, I'm gonna somebody? throw, I'm gonna throw five names at you, and throw I wouldn't want him to see there. any. I wouldn't want to see him fight Corey Sandhagen. Clearly, I wouldn't no. want to see him fight Jose Aldo. I think that that's a terrible matchup for him. I, I don't, fight, I don't want to see him fight Pedro Munoz. I think he fucking loses that fight. I don't want to see him fight Moraz. Rafael Asensio, maybe, maybe. Um, can he fight the loser of Garbrandt versus Font? They're fighting uh, in a month. Yeah, that'd be a good fight. They're ranked in the top five, though. So that I means he wins that. He went. He he beats the loser of that fight, and I mean, it feels like Garbrandt would be a fucking perfect stylistic matchup for him too. Um, that's big traction. That's a big deal. Gotcha. So basically, so basically, what you just did. <laughs> 
we sat here. I did Dana's job him. again. We just sat here and praised him for his fight against Almeida and then shit on him enough to push him out of the top 15. Um, <laughs> I want to move to the next fight because um, is it is I mean, this it, so again, we've said it early in the show. You and I both pick Woodley. I feel like we were kind of sleeping a little bit on, uh, on our boy that he fought. Um, for two minutes, Tyron Woodley looked fantastic. He looked like a different Taiwan Tyron Woodley. His energy was high. He was throwing beautiful jab right hand over it. He was um, catching this guy. He was tagging him a, a little bit, just enough. He was tagging him just enough. Um, there was a moment. There was just a moment where I thought, "Is he hurt? This dude is." Has he has he hurt? Uh, is it Luke? Is he, is he hurt? Luke? I don't know, but he he was he was hitting him with hard right hands. He hit him with a hard right hand early in this. I'm talking the first two minutes, and um, then he then for some reason he threw he goes right back into the same phone booth and throws instead of throwing the jab right hand, which worked almost every time he threw it, he threw jab uppercut, which was just stupid. And I thought, why are you doing that? Then he came back. And this time, instead of throwing it straight, he tried to loop it, and that's when Luke just beat him to the punch. And then that was the beginning of the end. He hit Woodley with a punch, and that the punch just changed the entire dynamic of the fight. He, it was all downhill from then. Um, Woodley did a stanky leg, a wobbly wobbly. He was hanging out on Queer Street, and he was up against the cage, holding on to the cage to stay upright. This was all within a 15 second, um, all within 15 seconds of this round, by the way, all, like, all within the first 10 to 15 seconds of this, of this getting hit with this punch. And then it became like a weird moment where you're like, this fucking guy's about to go out on his shield right now. Like he's in here, he's firing, but he's, it almost feels like when you're watching BJ Penn get beat up and you're just like, <laughs> oh man, there we go. Like he's going, he's about to go out on his shield and I respect it. But at the same time, I just don't feel comfortable watching this. Like I'm like, it just don't feel right. You know what I mean? You stick around too long and this is what happens. Father time once again. And uh, Woodley got dropped. He got put into a unique, the old Darce and that was it. He, he got put to sleep. Um, I don't, your thoughts on this, Jess? I'm assuming you saw the highlights. Yeah, uh, super exciting fight. Um, it, was know, Wood, it was fun. It was it was fun. It was it was a fun fight, and I think that that was Woodley's intent uh, the whole time. Uh, I'm not sure if he, you know, was counting on winning. I'm sure you know you don't want to say that a, a fighter is going to go into a fight and not think that he can. You know, he's he's going to lose. But I think that, you know, there was a lot riding on this fight. I mean, this is his last contracted fight in the UFC. I didn't know that. It was. So, uh, you know, you go in there and lose. Next thing you know, you're looking for a new job. If you win, maybe Dana passes the, you know, the, the whole, you know, hey, you're my buddy. You've been around here for a little while. I'm going to give you another two or three fights. Yeah. But, you know, well, we we talked about lot. it last week. We talked about it last week, and we thought, well, maybe he wins this fight as a as a walk away win fight, exactly. hangs him up, and then goes into the broadcast booth because he is good at doing stuff. He's like very that. good in the broadcast booth. Um, in which, which by the way, I, I think that's the direction he should go. I think that if he turned around and said, "Hey, Dana, can you just you know stick me on these uh, Friday night fights or whatever, you know, like I'll, I'll I'll do you know I'll be part of your broadcast team or whatever," or maybe he goes and gets a job with Fox you know, or something and starts doing uh, their MMA hour type stuff or whatever. Uh, but I think that that's where you should go. 
Um, he, he in this fight against uh, Luke, he he proved that he uh, one doesn't have the same pop. Uh, two that he's slowed incredibly, and three he has practically given up on his wrestling, which is kind of what got him a bunch no. of wins earlier earlier no, on. You're right. You're so, right. No, and, that's what made him a dominant champion. And so, without those three things, you. From a fan standpoint, at least, you can't see him going into any more fights and and being that dominant guy anymore. And if he is realistic, which not – I mean, let's face it, man. You, you, you've said it millions of times. You know, fighters are a different breed of person. Like, they're, they've got screws fucking loose, man. They sometimes – like, that's, that's why they, they want to get paid to go and get beat up inside of a cage or a ring. That, uh, that's weird shit. Like, I don't want to do that. Jay don't want to do that. But these guys do, right? So uh, maybe he's like, "Fuck it, man! I'm gonna go to Bellator," you know? Which God, that feels like that feels like that's what's gonna happen. It it does really feel like it. And maybe he does. Maybe he gets a couple fights, you know? But he's he's a Scott Coker guy. He's gonna end up losing the Gengar guy. He's a Scott Coker guy. One, remember this? Yeah, he is. He's got he's He's got relationships there. They'll give him a bunch of outside opportunities to do whatever he wants. There's that and. They're just kind of picking up a bunch of 185ers and 170ers and just kind of throwing them into the mix and letting them do whatever the fuck they want. So, yeah, that feels like that's exactly what's going to fucking happen. I think that he might have both options, right? I think the option A is Dana says, hey, man, you know what? We're just going to kind of keep you around and, and, you know, we'd love to keep you on TV. But in regards to the fights, we think we're done. Um, and then he goes, hey, you know what? I was in this training camp. I looked good for the first two minutes. I almost knocked this fucking guy out. He just got caught. Um, I felt great training, all that shit, all that optimistic shit you say when you lose. it. Um, and then he goes, you know what? Fuck it. I can still make good money fighting. I'm going to go to Bellator. I'm going to sign a two or a three fight deal. I'm going to fight every four months because Bellator is always fucking putting on events. I don't got to wait around. You know, sometimes Dana has us waiting around. I ain't got to wait around. It's, it's maybe he goes to Japan. Maybe he fights Japan. I don't know. I just I feel like we haven't seen the last of Woodley in a cage, and, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, as far as fighters go, we probably haven't. But his at his post fight interview was very interesting. Um, if if anybody, if any of you guys out there have not seen or read or heard the post-fight interview with Woodley, I, I recommend you go. There's several things that, that you may catch uh, that leads me to believe that his fight career possibly is over. I want to throw three names at you for Vincent Luque, and then we'll move on. Are you ready? Let's do it. Uh, so I'm going to go difficult to easy here. The first one's Gilbert Burns. What do you think of that fight? Burns smokes him. Wonder Boy? That's interesting. Right? That's an interesting fight. I like that. What's the third? My, Michael Chaseya. That's, that, that, right? that, that's actually interesting also. Can and I tell you that I think – is that, that kind of sexy? That is. But you say a little bit of it. But you say it probably is sexy because he's, he's also on a little bit of a win streak. Um, Luke just gets done, you know. They both coming off wins. They both got no fights. No fights coming up. Hey man, like let's set that up. Wonder Boy, Jay. Let me before we move on to the main event fight. Yeah. What do you really think about Wonder Boy? 
Do you think he's like a main card guy? Do you think that he, is he a pay-per-view draw? I, no, uh, that's that's a whole other story. There's like five fucking pay-per-view draws in the entire corporate and the entire company, in all of MMA. That I'm a big Wonder Boy guy. I think he is exciting. I think he's like a white machita. And I've always been, you know, this. I've always been a big, big day one machita guy. Um, I think. I mean, other other than him getting knocked out by Anthony Pettis, he's he's been pretty fucking good. Um, he's he's. You know what I just saw right now? He's got a win versus Luke already. He beat Luke two years ago. He beat, so there's no chance of fucking that. He's a different guy though. He just come off a win. He's I right. Luke is. Is this the, is this the argument we're gonna make for Black Beast in about five minutes? Um, <laughs> I I'm a, I'm a Wonder Boy fan. When he's fighting, I go I, I go. I don't want to say go out of my way to watch him, but if he's on television, I'm I'm gonna you know me. I'm a fight fan. I'm gonna want to check him out. Am I purchasing a pay per view because he is fighting? Probably not. And there's really like again, there's like four or five guys in the history of or right now that I'm gonna go out of my way and go. I'm buying that fight. But, but I mean, again, I, I watch majority of the fights. I, I buy or contribute to majority of the fights. So um, I'm a Wonder Boy guy. Uh, it sounds like you're not. It sounds like you're stocked down on Wonder Boy. Is that what's going on? He To me, he's just not as exciting as most people make him out to be. You're frustrated. He's, he's, he, Didn't I you say the same about Machida? No, I, I love Machida. Uh, oh, so there was, there was a point in time when Machida was – he played it very safe. And he was just, he was just picking up wins, and then there became the Machida era where he was like knocking fools out, crane kicking Randy Couture's teeth out, and all sorts of shit. Uh, I want to see Wonder Boy step into that realm of fighting where he's no longer trying to be. And don't get me wrong, like his style looks amazing, right? He's throwing a bunch of crazy kicks and yeah, and spinning elbows and shit. But I feel like. <laughs> I feel like they don't really do much in his fights. Like you're I saying, wanna... you're saying he's doing shoe shine. He's a points fighter. He's yes. looking. He's not looking to knock you out. He's. Yeah. I've not, I've not seen the guy really press fights. I want to see him. If you want to compare him to Machida, let's compare him not to the former Machida. Let's you know compare him to that Machida era Machida, and yeah. then and then let's move on with that. Then I'll watch him. You know, and give him a little like... bit more credit. I'm good. I'm good with you saying, "Hey, stock down," but I'm not all the way out. And you never know. Maybe he has, you know, with MMA, maybe he has a weird second, you know, second part of his career where he just goes, like you said, "Hey, I've just, I've scrapped being slick and sneaky and running around, and I'm gonna just bite down on my mouthpiece and just trade with guys and see how that ends." Um, I don't think that happens. No. Let's go main event. Uh, recapping here, you had Naganu one round knockout. I said, I want to give Stipe a little bit of credit here, and I'm gonna say he makes it to the second round. He lasted 56 seconds into the second round, so we were both right. We both thought Naganu was going to win. We both want to wax poetically on Naganu, we both want to talk about Stipe. Um, just give me some thoughts on this fight first, Jesse. If you saw the whole fight or caught most of it, tell me just your thoughts on the fight. So this fight, I did go back and I found a way to watch it. I, I wanted to watch it from start to finish. First of all, I just want to say the weight difference was indeed a factor. Stipe coming in at like 227 or 230, mm. whatever the fuck he came in at. And then Naganu coming in at a beast Cutting. like 265 or whatever Cutting the fuck to 265. he was. Uh, th- that weight 
advantage did, in fact, play a big part. Um, secondly, Nagano, uh, you know, I'm going to wait on Nagano. Let's do Stipe. Stipe uh, looked hesitant. He, I don't want to say scared because I don't think any fighter who is stepping into a cage or a ring is ever scared, but he was hesitant. And I think mm-hmm. that the reason it was is because he knows and understands fully Nagano's power. And so he was a little hesitant to step into that phone, that phone booth that Jay likes yeah. to talk about so much because he didn't want to get caught. Um, outside of that, Stipe, there was, there just seems to be something off. I, I, I can't really put a finger on it. He didn't look quite as sharp. Um, maybe again, just the being that worried about a man with that kind of power, like maybe yeah. that just threw him off a little bit. That was great fun. To move on to Nagano, this man has grown tenfold from the original Nagano that we saw with the crazy, you know, the crazy uh, cornrows and stuff. Uh, this 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 man is a different breed of animal right now. Uh, his transition against the fence. Uh, with Stipe trying to take him down, he transitions and actually takes Stipe's back, puts him on the ground, starts peppering him. I mean, that was amazing. That was scary. I mean, it's a huge, gigantic man getting out of an extremely good wrestler's grip and 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 flipping that on him. That was that was a, that was a moment when I was just like, "Whoa!" I want to I want to I want to start there and then I'll work backwards to the Stipe stuff that you mentioned. Um, um, yeah. So so. When Naganu did that, I said out loud, holy shit, because that is where you see the progression as a mixed martial artist. That's where you see he could not do that two years ago. He couldn't do that 24 months ago or, or whenever it was. That That is drilling every single day type shit. That is... I know what to do when I'm in a bad position against a great grappler. To now I'm going to put myself into a better position. To now I'm putting myself in the optimum position I want to be in. Where I'm an enormous man raining down these giant punches on your ass. Um, that to me was that if if I'm a heavyweight and I'm watching that, that scares the absolute piss out of me because I go, damn, now he can wrestle. That 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 you know the same reason Mayweather fought Canelo uh, three four years you know as he was still a little green. He knew this guy's going to be big. He's going to be strong. He's going to be difficult for me to beat. Once he gets a little bit better, I better fight him now. That's what happened the first time they fought. Steve was allowed to get away with a little bit of shit. This fight that wasn't happening. He tried that takedown. Nagano basically, as I mentioned, you know, does an incredible transition, swallows him. And it just at that moment, I thought, damn, if, if Nagano just throws like 10 or 12 of these, they got, they, you have to stop the fight because it just looks like he's assaulting this fucking man because he's so big. It reminds me of my boy, Bob Sapp, when he was when he would be throwing these enormous hammer fisted guys. And you'd go, man, even if they're not landing, these glancing blows, they look like they're going to kill him. Um, to your point with the steep A stuff and him coming in lighter, he clearly had a game plan, right? He had a, a thought process, which was. I'm going to try and tire him out. I'm going to try. I'm going to probably lose the first one or two rounds. He's probably going to land a few punches on me. He's probably going to beat me up a little bit. I'm going to probably have to get into some exchanges, but I got to find a way to tire him out. I've got to put him up against the cage. I've got to grapple with him. I've got to wear him out. I got to kick at his legs. I got to find a way 
to turn this into a later fight and hopefully in minute you know 17 20 20 23 is when i can steal this fight and you know do a three to two type fight three rounds of two type fight that shit probably changed that thought process probably changed the moment he realized damn i can't grapple with this big strong man anymore he gets into the second round um nagano hits him with a punch which was just absolutely incredible. Everything Nagano throws is just, it's scary. And I think I might have tweeted it. It's not just the power, it's the speed. His hands are so fast. And I think about, yeah, he's always had hand speed because when he knocked out over him, it was, it was, it was damn the hands. It's not just the power, it's the hand speed. But his hand speed so incredible. Um, he hits he hits Stipe and I mean again you can't we cannot and this is just me thinking out loud and I, this is my thought now. There's no man that's going to be able to survive that. There's no goddamn fighter that's going to be able to survive that that I can think of off the top of my head. Chess, when I was thinking about the future of the heavyweight division, and we're going to get into this, of course, the future of the heavyweight division two years ago, right? I was thinking Nagano, and I was thinking Walt Harris. Those were the two guys. I was thinking these guys are going to be fighting for the championship. For we're going to get a trilogy out of these guys. These are the guys. And then the things happen with Walt Harris, right? And the shit that's out of his span of control—the absolute worst thing that could happen to a parent. The shit every parent fears happens. Yeah. And it just completely changes the trajectory of his career. And it's fucking terrible to say out loud, but it is the truth. And who knows? Maybe that changes. As of now, I'm going to say it doesn't. Who knows? God, I hope he proves me wrong. Because I always thought, man, these two guys are the future of the division. 250 to 275-pound guys that are cutting to get to 265 that just have massive, massive power in their hands, in their knees, in their strikes. And they're only going to get better. And that that's what has happened with Nagano. Um Jess, chime back in here in regards to your thoughts on the fight itself. Uh, again, whether whether or not Stipe had a game plan, uh, I mean, I can understand that, but it's still confusing. Uh, he didn't. He still weighed a little bit more when he fought Cormier, mm-hmm. um, and Cormier is an extremely good wrestler with a little bit of power in his punch. So, uh, I guess, I guess what this says is Naganu in Stipe's eyes was a different creature than he's ever faced before. And uh, I think that that's the way the fight showed. Uh, everything Stipe got hit with, look, I mean, shit, man, it hurt me. I got everything. bruises. I, I got bruises from that fight still, like just watching him get hit. Uh, and then, of course, the knockout itself was absolutely vicious. Uh, I don't know if a man's head can turn any any farther Without going all the way around and snapping without, off and yeah, rolling. or just or you just know, like it, the cartoons, the ring, the old exactly. ring king, the old ring king Nintendo game, the head just actually <laughs> leaves the shoulders and goes into the fifth row. And, the and exactly, I mean, it was it was it was a nasty, vicious hit, and I know that everybody's been talking about it, and I think that they should, but I mean, Naganu is he's he is the future of the heavyweight division, and uh, I, I I might add. He is possibly the future of the UFC. I, I, yeah, I love this point. And this is something that you and I wanted to touch on. So 
we talked now, I think, twice about the Machida era, right? And when Joe Rogan said this, the thought process was, this is going to be our champion for the next two to four years because he is so many light years ahead of everybody in regards to his skill set, his defense, his footwork, his ability to high fight IQ, all the same shit we've been saying for the last 40 minutes you guys have been listening. So what I look at here is what's next. Right, what do we do in Nagano? And as I mentioned, I don't know what you do at heavyweight because is it going to be Curtis Blades that beats him? Is it going to be Serio Gan that beats him? I'm sure that's the guy they're going to push. Is it going to be the Black Beast, Derek Lewis? Is it going to be Volkov? Is it going to be – it's not going to be Rosenstruck. He got knocked out by him in 18 seconds. I can't see a scenario where they try and push that fight again. Um, when I look at who the UFC has in the top 10, I don't know if there is a guy there that I go, that's the guy that's going to beat him. That's the guy that is going to be able to, you know, that guy's got a better skill set here. That guy is more well, well-rounded there. I think ultimately Naganu's skill set has changed. We've seen that. This is the, this is again, possibly the future of the heavyweight division for the next two to three years until they fucking find a guy, build a guy, you know, uh, create one in a lab. I think we have that technology now. Clone a Naganu and then have him fight himself. That'd be pretty badass. Bizarro Naganu. Um, I don't know what we do. And again, if any of the names I just reeled off here for you, Jess, whether it is Volkov, whether it's Curtis Blades, whether it's Sayrogan, whether it's Derek Lewis, do any of those do any of those names make you think, yeah, that guy's got a shot? Not not one single <laughs> name. It, it, the the reason for this too is not because I don't think that any of these guys are tough. I don't think that you know. I think Derek Lewis could definitely you know smash. You know he's going to smash his way through some of the heavyweights as he has been. I think Cyril Gunn. We haven't seen enough of him to really understand like what he's got. I know that uh, the UFC will probably end up pushing him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, uh, Blades is interesting. But I think that he's going to have to reevaluate what he's good at compared to, you know, what he's not. Yeah. Um, he's got knocked and, out. He's and, got knocked out and, by, and, by Jack Lewis, which doesn't help his case. Either. Exactly. And, and he's got bad knockout losses. It, it could be career. him. Yeah. So I don't think that any of these guys are able to touch Nagano. And the biggest reason for that is that these guys, although very good fighters in their own right, I have not seen growth in a fighter like Naganu since probably Bones Jones. Yeah. That's a good point. That's a that's a great comparison. And I think there's some other guys, there's some smaller guys in there who who we're not thinking of. I think maybe a Dustin Poirier, you know, because he's kind of had the ups and downs, right? We've seen him lose. Um we we've seen all those things. So I kind of like Poirier as that example. There's guys in there. Um Justin Gaethje is a really good one as well. I'm going to throw three names at you here, and we're starting to sidetrack because I want to get to our uh, Mount Rushmore after this. But I'm going to throw three names at you, okay? And I want to see if, I mean, I mean, you'll probably pay for these fights. I'd pay for any of these three fights, right? But just because I want to see Nagano fight. But are any of these fights truly sexier than a Bones fight, which we'll get to in a minute, of course. The first one, Volkov. It's interesting, but not sexy. Nah, exactly. Uh, Derek Lewis, which of course feels like that's going to be the filling. 
Uh, Derek Lewis, if not for Bones, I fully agree with you. I, I would love to see that fight. You actually would. Okay, that's interesting. Um, here's a curveball. Do you want to see the trilogy between him and Stipe? Uh, it's interesting, but not sexy. I don't want to see it either. I don't want to see it. I don't. I don't. I can't see a scenario after Stipe looking like that. I'm gonna. Now, I'm gonna go. Yeah, now, let's go ahead and let's do it a third time because it's all about respect and it's all about he's earned it. Right? We're doing a he's earned it thing now. Well, we've been doing a lot of trilogy stuff here in the UFC. We keep throwing the trilogy thing around. Uh, but if Stipe was to train differently, put on you know twenty pounds, that's what I he's going to. That's he, what he's going to try and sell you know, on. This, this would be the interesting part to me. If you put his hand speed, his already knockout power ability, his wrestling, and then add twenty five pounds, then he makes it at least a fight. Put on I still twenty pounds, think, you lose hand speed. Give and take. His, his hands, his hands will still be good. Yeah, they'll be better. They'll they'll be better than most heavyweights, and so at least he'll have a little bit more pop behind him. I'm not saying that he wins that fight. I still think Nagano wins that fight, but you know, it, again, that that's where it falls into the interesting realm. I hate I hate the idea of uh, um. So when I look at Stipe's career now, he's been tied up in a trilogy if he fights Nagano again, going back to 2018, it was Nagano in January of 2018. And then Cormier, 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 2018, 2019, 2020. So I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's just, I, I can't sell myself on it. And I understand the whole, Hey, he's going to do this differently. He's going to do that differently. Oh, we're going to like, I, I understand trying to sell ourselves on it, but Right now, if you told me, hey, I have to see one of those three fights, I'd honestly want to see the Volkov one. That's just me. Because you're selling me on a fight I haven't seen yet. I haven't seen him fight Volkov. Volkov's always been a big, tall heavyweight. Volkov's got over 30 fights. He's got a ton of experience. He's a Bellator heavyweight champion. Give Fuck, throw him in there. He just knocked out over him. Fuck, throw him in there. Why not? What's the worst that can happen? <laughs> I like that fight. I want to do the uh, good old Mount Rushmore here because I think we've pretty much talked about that fight to the fullest extent. Um, I want to start with the UFC one, and I want to preference this by saying the Mount Rushmore means different things for different people, right? But when I look at the Mount Rushmore, I try and do like, okay, there's 25 years worth of data here, right? We're not dealing with 100 years worth of presidents, right? Um, we're dealing basically 20, 20 years or 25 years worth of data, however long the fucking UFC has been along. Um, do you want to start with yours or do you want me to start with mine? Because I have mine, I'm oh. looking right at mine about how uh, the MMA one's way better than the UFC one because that's what's going to happen. It's just going to end up with us blowing Fedor here for five minutes. Go ahead. All right. So if, if you're talking UFC, not Rushmore, and that's strictly it, number one is going to be Mark Coleman. Wow. Mark, Mark Coleman uh, was the first inaugural heavyweight champion. He beat Dan Severn back in 97. Big, big deal. First uh, heavyweight champion of all time. I think that's a big deal. Like when, you, when you're going to do, you know, like George Washington. Yeah, no, I, I, I think is, no, right? you're, so it's you're your barking first, on my tree your right first president. It's your first, you know, your first heavyweight champion. Um, so Mark Coleman's going to go on there. And then uh, after that, I would go Frank Mir. I'm good with that. I like Frank Mir. He's won a lot of fights. Uh, he's been a heavyweight champion. Uh, I believe fought in the best of the best of the best in the heavyweight division. And for the longest time, he was one of the uh, uh, 
he was a heavyweight that you just didn't know how to fight because he had power in his hands, but he was also possibly outside of uh, Big Nog, the the best uh, grappler, ground grappler, uh, uh, jiu-jitsu heavyweight on the I planet. Think Mir, so, I think Mir winning those fights against Noguera and winning them in such a fucking dominating fashion, you have to put him on the UFC Mount Rushmore. I think so. Over Noguera, uh, at least. My, exactly. Uh, well, see, and this is where I was coming into a problem with the UFC versus MMA. Yeah. Because do we want to count Big Nog on the UFC's list? I mean, he was there for a little bit. I think you can, uh, but I think ultimately... I, if I'm doing a four, like he's not on, he's not on my UFC Mount Rushmore. Because, okay, thank you. Because he's, of Frank Mir, he's not on my because of Frank Mir. I think, I think if I was going to put like, okay, the ultimate jujitsu guy, the ultimate sub guy in the UFC, the argument's going to be Verdum, it's going to be uh, Mir, and it's going to be uh, Noguera. And fucking Mir submitted Noguera, and I think knocked him out as well. It broke his fucking arm. I, I mean, that's just. Mir, I think you could put Mir on the UFC Mount Rushmore just for saying he's the guy that took Noguera's arm home. Number three is probably my number one on the on the the Mount Rushmore of UFC heavyweights, and that's going to be Randy Couture. Yeah. Uh, Randy Couture, if he's not on your Mount Rushmore of any type of heavyweight yeah. Mount Rushmore, you're wrong. I'm so glad that you. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You're for, for a fact. You're. I'm so wrong. glad you mentioned this. Randy Couture has done everything, and most of the, we were just talking about Fide yeah. coming in at a lower weight. Randy, I don't think ever fought over 240 at heavyweight. Okay, so and he still won huge fights, beat Vitor Belfort twice. Uh, let's run down Marie Smith, Jeremy Horn, Kevin Randleman, Pedro Hizo twice. Let's see, Couture is a three-time champion, heavyweight champion. He defended it three times also, and I think the defense of a championship matters a lot if you're going to go up on the fucking Mount Rushmore of, of heavyweights. So that's going to be my four for the UFC. You got Mark Coleman, you got Dan Severn. You got Randy Couture and Frank Mir. I really like you. I, it's great because your your and my list is pretty much different. It's almost completely different. But um, I really I really like your list because you do more, like you said, you're going with a lot more of like you ultimate ultimate type guys, which I love. I mean, fuck, trust me. I'm a you know me. I'm an NHB guy before an MMA guy. Um, oh yeah. So here's where our list differs. Um, I almost feel like I, I you know, you I almost feel like you changed my mind on this. But I've got JDS on here. I do have Junior Dos Santos on here. I want to start with him. Um, I think his run in the heavyweight division was incredible, almost unmatched. Um, had a hell of a run there. Um, I think you also want to look at uh, you know, kind of like the where were they at, the moment in time, right? And I think the moment in time is important as well. I think Junior Dos Santos was was during a big inswell of what was going on with MMA and shit like that. And, you know, the boom of the sport. So, and also a big deal in, uh, what do you call it? Brazil or whatever. Is that first big oh, Brazil yeah, champion? Huge. So I, I'm going JDS first. I am, tr- I am scrambling to pull up his record just so it looks like I know what the fuck I'm talking about, but I don't. Um, when he was champion, I believe he had, uh, I'm looking at the run here. One, two, three, Three, one, two, three, four, five uh, championship wins, and then uh, six, seven, eight, nine, ten consecutive wins in the UFC, which isn't bad at all. With one of them being Verdum, um, 
I'm I'm just I'm I'm just a JDS guy. Um, I also I'm going to put him in over the list because uh, he beat Frank Mir. So that's 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 where he gets in over me. Frank Mir <laughs> beat Frank Mir. Um, my second guy, his biggest rival, Kane Velasquez. You know me, I love Kane. I think Kane belongs on this list. I think when you look at some of the great heavyweights to do the Mexican champion thing. I mean, Kane's really only got three losses on his record. The first one, the set, the last one in Nagano. Do we really want to count that one? I mean, he was a fucking shell of himself, but hadn't fought in three years and then comes back and gets knocked out basically in 20 seconds and then never fought again. But um, when you when you look at his run, again, that UFC run was incredible. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive wins. The JDS stuff, he comes out on top of the JDS stuff and comes out with two knockouts in those um, in those wins, which is, I'm sorry, uh, one knockout. Got knocked out one of them. Um, my third is in agreement with you. I love Randy Couture. I think you got to put Randy Couture on here. Randy Couture is my real throwback guy on here. And I like you talking about, hey, we got to – we got to respect the our elders, right? We got to throw some of these older folks on here. So you already kind of went through the pedigree of what Randy Couture did. But when I'm putting him on my Mount Rushmore, I always want to emphasize that he was a smaller heavyweight. Okay, JDS was a bigger guy. Kane was a bigger guy. These were bigger heavyweights. He was a smaller heavyweight, which, which in my opinion – makes what he did more impressive but uh, as you mentioned here he had that unique run where he came in early into the ufc did wreck shit came uh, did 205 stuff and then ultimately uh finished his career at the heavy and then came back and fought at 205 so he really went up and down randy natty shout out randy natty he is my second um oh, anyway that's my third kane jds couture um my fourth Stipe. You left Stipe off. I'm going to put him on. I think Stipe's heavyweight career has been incredible. I think his UFC has been uh, career has been incredible. And that's really what we're focusing on here, right, is the UFC stuff. Um, I'm a Stipe guy. I thought Stipe was incredible when he came into the UFC. I, I think he's had just an incredible run. And me personally, when I'm doing my Mount Rushmore of just the UFC, I'm going to put Stipe on there. So I've got Kane, I've got JDS, I've got Randy Couture, and I've got Stipe. And just really quickly to run off the Stipe resume in the UFC, um, Shane Del Rosario, Joey Beltran, Gabriel Gonzaga, uh, Mark Hunt, Andre Ovlowski, uh, Verdum, Overheim, JDS, Naganu. And then, of course, the the trilogy with Daniel Cormier. I mean, that's a fucking impressive resume. He has also been fighting in the UFC for 10 years, if you need him. His first fight in the UFC was UFC 136. That's incredible. Hey, I just just realized he fought on Fuel TV, and Fuel TV was a network that – Isaac Valley Flag was breaking my balls about because I could not remember what the fuck UFC <laughs> was on, and I kept saying Spike, and he was like, "Who the fuck cares about?" And he's like, "No, he was like, because remember we talked about this a few episodes ago." Yeah, so just to bring yeah. it back up, I could not remember the name of the network that was no longer Spike. It was fucking Fuel TV, <laughs> and that is what uh, Isaac Valley Flag was upset about me. He was upset Valley that Flag. I could not remember 
Um, I might have, I'm, listen, this may not, your list may have been better than mine, which I'm fine. I'm fine fully acknowledging, but at least I was able to recover and remember Fuel TV was a network Fuel TV. that uh, this guy was very pissed off about. All right, we've done our final four. Um, you t- we're going to touch on Nagano one more thing on the way out here, and then we'll move on to some other stuff. You mentioned what happens next with Nagano, okay? We talked about the potential fights, but the star power, Jesse. Naganu has a specific look. He has a look that Sylvester Stallone loves, right? If they were, if they were doing more Expendables, Naganu would clearly be the bad guy in the next Expendables. If, uh, yeah, if they make a Coming to America 3, Naganu better be the fucking bad guy <laughs> in that motherfucker. Like, he's... Uh, was, whoever... Yeah. Whoever the, the you know Wesley Snipes, he's, he's Wesley Snipes' replacement as the real bad guy. Um, I don't know if Nagano has some shit in his contract where it's like a like a Batista type thing where they're like, nah, you can't go off and start making fucking Hollywood movies, and and then you learn, oh, I can actually make make way more money making movies, <laughs> hanging out with cooler people. I don't have to train all day and get punched in the face and get fucking just kicked in the balls on the reg. Like I can just. I can kick back with famous people and I can be like a Hollywood. Nagano has a look and, and at some point he's going to start picking up in the mainstream, whether it's commercials, whether it's, it, it's going to happen. It's not a matter of if it's, it's a matter of when uh, not only that it's the international thing, right? Because this sport is international. So Nagano is not only known in America, but he's known in Canada where we're trying to find more listeners. He's known in his home country. He's known in Brazil. He's known in all these countries. This, this is the, uh, the potential to be an international super, superstar, Jess, which is what you want. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 100%. Uh, he's already uh, trying to negotiate or at least, uh, you know, get, you know, bend Dana's ear a little bit to possibly hosting a UFC event from Africa. Uh, I mean, I think, and then, I mean, imagine Khabib was able to do it. If you get, imagine if you get Usman, Izzy, and Naganu all in the same card right there in Africa. I mean, that that's in that's an insane card. It, it, it's a lot. They got to spread I mean, it out. It, it, maybe they like spread it, it out. I don't know, man. Go big on something like that because you want this thing it's to like explode. Over. You want more Naganus. You want more Naganus popping up. You want more Izzy's popping up. You want, you know. Th- UFC, MMA, combat sports, 1 billion percent international. I, you need to have your GSPs from Canada. You need to have your Captain America rating tours. And you need to have your fucking Nugatus from Africa, man. You need to have that stuff. It's what drives the sport into a whole uh, better and more broad direction than just having a bunch of dudes from fucking New Jersey show up. And be like, hey, man, I'm going to fight, and this is going to be fucking great. And then we're going to go get a beer afterwards. Fuck you, dude. I don't care. Like, let's go and see what the world has to offer. That's where the UFC, I think, isn't quite there. They need to broaden their horizons. But Nagano is a huge fucking star. I think that this fight was uh, – it was his coming out moment. He is – I mean, we've now seen this progression. His skill set has changed. His demeanor in the cage has changed. Uh, his aggression is a controlled aggression, not just winging big punches. I mean, this man is now he is he is at that part where you know you mentioned like there's some guys maybe like a Cormier. I'm thinking bigger or or like a Dustin Poirier. Sorry, I'm thinking bigger like a Conor McGregor changed the fucking sport. John Bones Jones changed the fucking sport. 
there's guys that the draw that change it's being the sport. a draw. They're the draw. Naganu is that next guy in the UFC needs to capitalize without overusing him. I think that's gonna be that's gonna be where they need to figure out that. He's fine saying line. everything right as well right now, Jess, because he's saying the hey, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy with everything. I'm happy to be the champion. But I heard John Bones Jones talking about these money fights. I want to get paid too. I like to make a little bit of money. This is the reason I fight. So he's saying all the right things. And and I'm I would not be surprised if we get the hey, we ripped up Naganu's contract. We got him a whole new contract here. It's a three fight deal. It's a six fight deal. Whatever. We, he's got an all new contract being the UFC champion moving forward. And and also as you mentioned, and and we're gonna start by his his you know, first title defense is gonna be in his home country, or his second his second title defense is gonna be in his home country. Like they they've He's got too much star power, and Dana's too smart to not drop the ball on that. He's, he's not going to fuck that up. Let's do our let's let's quickly do our MMA Mount Rushmore. Give me your MMA Mount Rushmore, please. Okay, heavyweights, so heavyweights. For me, the MMA Mount Rushmore was so much easier than the UFC Mount Rushmore. Uh, I'm going to start like this. I'm going to start Randy Couture. Randy Couture is going on my MMA. Mount He's on mine as well. I just want to. I just want to check that box. Followed by Mirko Krokop. He is on mine as well. Followed by Big Nog. He is on mine as well. And then top of the list, Fedor Emilian. I want ladies and gentlemen to know that Jesse and I did not talk about who we are going to put on our list, and his list is um, person per person mine. I have Couture. I have Krokrop, I have Noguera, I have Fedor. These are the individuals that have changed the sport in the last 20 years. They have made mixed martial arts into what it is now, a global sport. They made it enormous in Japan. They made it enormous in Brazil. They made it enormous in Russia. They made it enormous in America. They have a treasure trove of amazing fights. And I encourage all fight fans, all of the MMA Twitter listeners who are 18, 22, 24 years old, please find those Fedor fights online. Find them on Fight Pass if they're streaming them. Find those Noguera fights. Find those Crocrop fights. Find those Crocrop K1 fights. Find those early dream Japan fights. There's so many good fights in there and so many great stories that are be, to be told. And these are why both of us are in agreement that this is our true MMA Mount Rushmore. Yeah, and, and to go along, the, the fighters are absolutely amazing. 1,000% game changers. And then the best part, really, though, for me, is the opponents that they face, including multiple times mm-hmm. each other. Uh, when you look at the, the men that these that our Mount Rushmore four have faced off and beaten, it is it is just an un it's an unreal list of people. Every guy has a and, Hall and of this, Fame credential and every guy there's one thousand it's impossible years. to argue that I mean I mean some will, but it's to me it's impossible to say, you know, Crow Crop's career was better than Noguera's or Fedor's career. I mean if you, if anything if anyone someone wants to say Fedor won, I'm okay with that just because he went so long without losing. And he beat all these guys except Randy because him and Randy could just never get a fight together. But I, yeah. 
you and I are in agreement there. So we're not we're not going to spend a ton of time any more any more time on that. Again, we're in agreement there. This is what happens when you get guys that have been watching combat sports for way too long, putting a true MMA uh, Mount Rushmore together. Is we're just going to get a bunch of guys that really haven't fought any relevant fights in the last five years. All right. So I think the, the, the last little bit of what uh, Jay and I were going to hit on is uh, this, this uh, Nagano yes. Jones. This is it. So th- this, this is, this is going to be our, our, our ending of the show. I think this is a great ending. Cause I think that honestly, we could go another hour. Just I'm opening the this. window. This there's makes so me so hot. So if you hear a window opening, it's because it's just, this topic makes me so hot. See, look at that, man. It's Should I take my straight off? There's just, right. please do. I'm taking please do. Swollen off. out of control. Just for this topic. This is how, this is how pumped up I am. This is how emotional I am over this topic that I'm, I'm now both shirtless and by a window. The the, the great thing about uh, combat sports is that you can have, you know, anybody fight anybody really. I'm also drinking a bang. So that might be another reason I'm getting warm. Oh shit. I love bangs. What flavor? Real quick. What flavor? Woo. Lemon drop. Uh, yeah, so what we want to know, or what we're going to discuss real quick, is the uh, the dimensions uh, as far as uh, what this fight could mean uh, financially for them both and for the UFC, and of course, uh, uh, just what the fight would mean in general to everything, their careers, the UFC, where it goes, who would watch. I'm sure that every single one of you motherfuckers out there would want to watch this fight because I would pay. I would pay like a hundred. Everybody bucks would. This fight, so. Everybody would. Everybody. I um, Jay, Jay, I'm going to start with you. Give me, give me your thoughts, and, and you can break it yeah, down. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to. Do it. So, Let's for the it. individuals that have kind of been offline or haven't really picked up a lot on it, and if you're this far into the MMA portion of the show, you you've you've done your research, you've read all the stuff. Um, Bones immediately was tweeting after the fight, trying to, to get a pulse, seeing what people thought about this potential matchup. And uh, Dana did what Dana does, which is he kind of shit all over Bones in full negotiation tactic mode. Said Bones should be looking to go to 185. He probably wants to partner Naganu. Says, hey, if he really wants this fight, he can call me. He knows my number. He does the things that Dana does. Uh, It's the slimy promoter part of Dana White that we all hate. But if you've been around the sport or read about the sport or learned about the sport, you know what's there. Um, Bones does the thing that he always does, which he emotionally reacts on social media. He sends out a series of tweets and immediately deletes those tweets. Problem is, can't send them out. Once you hit send, the entire world sees them because you got a million fucking followers all going, this guy's going to delete this shit in a second. I better screenshot it. So again, I, I don't know if he's working us into a shoot by going... I'm going to send these tweets, hit delete, and know it's just going to send people into a fury, but just fuck it because I want my, I want it out there. I know Dana's going to read it, and that's all that matters to me. I, and within all these tweets, he's made it very clear that there's an amount of money that he wants, which is a decent amount of money in some people's eyes, right? Well, I mean, it is a decent amount of money. It's over 15, 20, 25, 30 million dollars. Some people look at that number and go, that's too much money. The people that think that, go fuck yourself. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. If you are the type of person that thinks somebody else is making too much money, 
you're a piece of shit. I'm sorry. That's just my opinion. You should never worry about what, what anybody else makes. You should worry about what is in your own pocket. You should worry about your own money. If you're growling about what the next man makes, you ain't making enough money in your industry or whatever the fuck you're doing. Go find another job. Go find another profession. That's just my opinion on it, okay? Now, when it comes to combat sports, okay, everybody is going to point out Tyson Fury versus um, AJ or Deontay Wilder, okay? Because those purses are enormous purses. And the argument is, well, that's boxing. Boxing is different. No, it's fucking not. There's an enormous purse that's there, and these guys are prize fighters fighting for that fucking purse. The problem is, in boxing, there's less hands in the fucking purse or the prize. In the UFC, they control the purse. They control the price. They control the narrative. So ultimately, they can tell you, hey, go fuck yourself. We're not going to pay you this. There are a handful of fighters, and I mean less than a handful, right? Rousey, Brock, um, Khabib, who am I missing here? Jess Connor, of course, the biggest one, who have went, no, I understand I'm the exception of the rule. I understand this is prize fighting, and I am part of the biggest prize. Therefore, I want to get paid, right? People talk about A side and B side. I'm referring to this, if you will. So this is where we're at now. We're at the true line in the sand. Where Partier, the UFC, says, we're going to pay you what we think you're worth because of whatever the reasoning, whether you want to say draw power, whether you want to say here's the numbers that back this up. He hasn't been a great pay-per-view draw. Whether you want to say he's had a history of this, this stuff that's happened where fights have been canceled, fights have been moved, events have been moved. This stuff has happened in the past. It's left a bad taste in our mouth. We're not going to touch that stove again. I don't care about any of that bullshit. And Bones is very smart. It's saying, hey, none of that shit matters right now. Here's what matters right now. This is the biggest fight in combat sports, period. Let's not look at the past. Let's look at the future. The future is this. Khabib is retired. The future is this. The women's division is shit and nobody cares about it. The future is this. This is the biggest fight that you can put out right now, in my opinion, in the UFC. It's not a Conor Poirier fight. It's not a whoever versus whoever. And it damn sure isn't Nagano versus the Black Beast again. It is Jones going up and testing the skill set that we have always wanted to see. We've all, for the last two or three years, four years, however long you've been saying it, MMA pundits, fight fans have been saying, we want to see Bones tested. We want to see what happens when Bones goes up. We want to see when he, what happens when he fights a true heavyweight, gets hit with true heavyweight power. We're here. We've made it. This is the biggest fight you can make in the sport. And there, I don't, I don't think there's any argument that can be made against that, Jess. The line in the sand again is Party A, the UFC, Party B, Jones, who is saying, pay me what I'm worth. Have I made mistakes? Yes, don't hold them against me because I've had a pretty clean nose, pun intended, the past X amount of years. Uh, you know, don't hold uh, whether I can do this or do that. You can't hold that against me. This is the moment in time. Pay me what I'm worth. Not paying this man what he's worth right now is absolutely fucking foolish. If you want to debate 
but you know, a few pennies, that's one thing. We are debating several million dollars here. We're also debating a scenario. I know I'm going long here, Jess. I'm almost done. We're also debating a scenario where if I am Bones Jones, I'm doing I'm looking at this as this might be my last big payday, period. Because if I get fucking knocked out in one round, which is very possible, right? That's it. There are no big there are no more big paydays. This is it. I've cashed my last chip. There's no there's no rematch here for me. There's no real big fight at heavyweight where I'm going to be able to make anything even close to this. 25-40% of what this could make. So because of that, I'm going to stand behind this line in the sand and I am going to wait until I am properly compensated. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with that. Jesse, as long as we've been doing this show, am I wrong? Have I been saying let these fighters get as much as they can. This is prize fighting. Let them get the biggest fucking prize possible. It's uh, like Jay says all the time. These guys aren't, you know, they're not cashiers at a fucking Walmart. They're not changing your tires at a Jiffy Lube. These guys go inside of a fucking cage. The cage is locked behind them. It is them and one other fucking dude. And they are beating the shit out of each other. And if you can't pay these guys appropriately, then I don't know what the fuck to do. I want to I want to shoot shout out real quick. Um, it's going to end up being a shout out because I want to read his tweet live, so I'm just going to. It's a uh, Tev. Talks oh yeah, I followed MMA, him this past week. And that's cool. at, okay, so that's at Tev Talks T E V T A L K S M M A Tev Talks M M A. He says, John Jones asking for a $10 million or for $10 million to fight Naganu is giving the UFC a discount on his services, especially considering the amount of pay-per-views he sold over the course of his career. And then he says, but again, he should be organizing with other fighters to unionize, which I am a firm believer that this sport would be 100% better, at least for the athletes, if they would. Uh, he says uh, he should be doing that with the other fighters instead of tweeting yeah. and deleting. I'm good with that uh, argument. I'm good, I'm good with that argument. I, good I'm, point. That's fine. And I'm good with that argument. And if you want to make it now, that's cool. My opinion, now's not the time. That's just my opinion. Now's not the time. Mm-hmm. Listen, they could have done a union uh, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. A union's never going to happen in mixed martial arts. A union's never going to happen in combat sports. I've been said if it would if there was going to be a union in combat sports, it would have happened in boxing in the seventies, in the eighties, in the nineties, when Sugar Ray was when Muhammad Ali was making million dollar purses in the seventies, when Sugar Ray was making million dollar purses in the eighties, when Mike Tyson was making millions of dollars in the late eighties, all the way to De La Hoya in the nineties, all the way to Pacquiao and Mayweather. There has never been a fighter union, and there never will be. It's just how it is. They don't have – they never will. I'm sorry. I wish there was. I really do wish there was. However, there's nothing wrong with Bones saying, hey, you know what? If I had an extra $25 million in the bank, I wouldn't have to worry about a fucking fighter's union because I wouldn't have to worry about needing insurance because I can pay <laughs> for insurance because I got $25 million in the bank. I got a Blue Cross Platinum plan. Who gives a fuck? I'll go – Hop in front of a train right now. I got all the coverage in the world. I got, a, I got, I got the best fucking plan. The Blue Cross. They just printed it out for me right now. Got the Blue Cross fucking platinum plan. What are you gonna do? Zero deductible, zero copay. Who gives a shit? Again, I, 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 I 
this needs to be said, and I will stand on my soapbox the same way the TED Talks and MMA will about there being a union. This is the definitive payday for John Jones. This is a guy that was paid a fucking vehicle by the UFC at one point. All right. The, I'm sorry. The RAV4 that they gave him isn't going to pay his fucking rent or his mortgage or feed his kids. I'm sorry. This is it. This is the final enormous payout. And for a guy, you can argue, is the greatest 205er of all time. And for a guy who has been a company guy for the most part, yeah, there's been some mistakes. Yeah, he's talked some shit to his boss. Whatever, it happens. For all that, to me, it isn't about, hey, pay him for his body of work, even though I'm kind of making that argument right now, right? It's about moment of time, the moment in time right now. If you want, this is a fight they could put on fucking ABC. Like, this is the biggest fight. Jesse, tell me a bigger fight that the UFC could make right now in any fucking division, period. Uh, there, there absolutely isn't. That, that, that's, that's where, <coughs> this, this is why this fight must happen. It's got to happen. It's got to happen now. Don't make us wait years. Because there was a period of time, remember, everybody was talking, oh, man, what if we can get Fedor and Randy to fight? You know, and that never happened, and it never happened. Now we're doing what, and happened. we're still doing what if. We, and we did this with GSP versus Anderson. We did this with GSP versus Anderson. We did this with GSP versus Khabib. We we've done this too many fucking times, and now why is it when Khabib says he's going to retire, Dana gets on a fucking plane and he's in Russia and he's in Finland and he's in fucking Icelandia and he's all over the place chasing Khabib. Khabib, where are you? He's fucking chasing the guy down at taco stands. Khabib, please don't retire. But John Jones says, hey, man, I'm trying to get fucking paid in the biggest mixed martial arts fight that they're going to make this year and possibly ever. And Dana's like, yeah, he's got my number. He can fucking call me. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know what? We'll just pay fucking uh, the Black Beast $2 million and, and, and throw him some Venom gear. Like, nah, come on. What are we doing? This is a shit negotiation tactic. And you're coming off like a slimy promoter. Don't do it, Dana. This is the moment where he's he's going to try and spin this. Like this is John is just you just can't negotiate with John. He's an asshole. I get it. But Jones has been incredibly transparent online, and credit to him because a lot of times he's having mental breakdowns online on his Twitter. And the last 24 hours, <laughs> he's been transparent as fuck. Has every tweet been great? No. But he's been pretty fucking transparent. Hey, you know, if Connor's doing this shit, it's funny. Why is it a fucking problem for me? Hey, why? I want to be, this can be our foreman versus Ali. Hey, I'm going up and wait. I'm taking chances. Why, why is it when Izzy does this, it's being celebrated. But when I try and do it, it's like, oh, fuck him. No. The people, the, the people who have been tweeting me today. And saying shit like, well, you know, he's already negotiated a contract. Get the fuck out of here. You've already negotiated a contract at your shitty job being a butcher. So if it's time for you to get a dollar raise because you cut the best fucking baloney in the office, <laughs> get your dollar raise. Don't just go, oh, well, fuck, I signed a contract. I got fucking, uh. no, fuck that. Go to the main butcher and say, rip this motherfucker up. I'm, I, uh, listen, you, 
There's more baloney in the back than than there's ever been, and somebody's got to cut that bitch. And it ain't gonna be fucking Ron. Ron's went home. I gotta cut this bitch. I want to raise. <laughs> fucking do it. You know, it's just, it's so it's incredibly mind blowing to me that the people that are tweeting shit like this. I'm gonna I, really quickly. I want to read you some of these fucking tweets that I've got here, Jess. Um, here's here my favorite one. I've already read you, right? Which is, uh, I got to get through some of these, uh, some of these other, I got too many tweets in here. I'm sorry. All right, here we are. I got to get through our boy Mikhail Young's tweets. Um, No, this is a business, not a charity. Nobody's forcing John to fight. He'll either do it for the money offered or he won't. What the fuck? He'll either fight for the money or he won't? This guy, this guy's (laughs) family lineage, he was a slave owner. I'm just convinced. Check his family lineage. Go on ancestry, myancestry.com. This guy was this guy's family was a slave slave traders. That's just how <laughs> I feel. I'm sorry. Um, how, when Keep the UFC is deciding how much guaranteed money he gets for this fight, his previous pay per view buys are absolutely relevant. Jones can say how much he's worth all he wants, but his last fight was a controversial win against Dominic Reyes, and now he wants twenty million. What the fuck does his fight with Dominic Reyes have to do with right now when the biggest fight in combat sports can be made? Fuck what happened with Dominic Reyes. Dominic Reyes got knocked out by Jan. Nobody gives a fuck anymore. It's old news. Who cares? Make the fight. Jesus Christ. The the people that are arguing for, for John to not get paid are the same people who print out papers and hang them in your office and say, hey, don't steal while you're on the clock. Hey, while you're on the clock, you should be doing this. Don't steal time while you're on the clock. It's That's those fucking people. It's a, yeah, that's, that's who you are, you son of a bitch. And I hate you. And I, and I, and I, and I hope more than anything that John really does bite down on his gum shield to use a MMA or use, a, you know, use that reference. And say, again, I've drawn my line in the sand, and I'm getting $20 million, and that is fucking it. I need $20 million, and that is it. Don't talk to me about a precedence. The UFC has a precedence, okay? They have a business uh, business manual, and they just don't pay guys like boxers. Fuck you. The moment that Conor McGregor got paid like a motherfucker, they opened that up. Okay, the moment that Connor got these enormous checks to fight, that changed. Okay, the same way they said quarterback will never be guaranteed a hundred million dollars, a quarterback will never be guaranteed a hundred twenty million dollars, a quarterback will never be guaranteed a hundred fifteen dollars, hundred fifty million dollars. The line has moved. Well, the line in UFC has moved, and there are fighters that are getting big pieces, and it's time for Jones to get his. That's it. That's fucking it. Stop dilly dallying. Make the fight. There, there's there are some funny tweets out here. Um, I've been looking through MMA history today, which is a, a very good uh, follow on Twitter. It says John Jones has been fighting professionally for 13 years. He's never been dropped, never been wobbled, never even really truly lost. All parties involved need to make this fight happen. It's a fight of this magnitude, which is extremely rare. I one million percent agree with him. Mac Malley uh, MMA uh, at McMalley, Mac Malley MMA says John Jones uh, 
I saw what Nagano did to the heavyweight goat last night. I'll move up and fight the baddest man on the planet, but I want to get paid like it. And then he says, uh, Dana White would say, uh, with a meme, uh, the best I can do is your normal rate and this coupon for 20% off a case of Modelo. Fucking hilarious shit. But here's the, here's the sad thing. Here's the sad thing is that John Jones truly wants this fight. He, I think that this could be the thing that kind of brings him out of this shell that he's been in in his last Jet. couple fights. Uh, obviously, the Dominic Reyes thing was not, but that wasn't the true bones. I, I don't think that he was super hyped to fight that fight. Mm-hmm. This could be the thing that that brings the best out of Bones, the best out of Naganu, and whoever the fuck wins, it's the best thing for, for us, everybody the involved. fans. It's the best thing for the fans. It's the best thing for the UFC bottom line. Pro wrestling angle on the way out, right? Because this is how I want to finish this. You want to go face versus heel? Well, John Jones might be the biggest fucking heel in the sport in the last 10 years because of the canceled fights, because of the drug stuff, because of his attitude, because of his flipping shit, because of the tweets, because of all that. People will pay to see him possibly get knocked out. People are going to look at Naganu and go, oh, I want to see this big motherfucker beat the shit out of Jones. They finally found a guy that could knock out Bones Jones. Here he is. They had to fucking fight. go all the way to Cameroon to find this motherfucker. We finally got a guy to beat Jones. Then you got the face and Naganu. He's a big, wholesome story. This fantastic story of all these. He's had to overcome all these terrible things that have happened to him in his life, personal things. And now he's the world champion. And now he's made it. And in his first fight, He's fighting one of the most dominant champions in the last 10 years in the sport who's coming up. But we all have said when this guy fights at heavyweight, he might be champion as well. You never know. There's all these incredible storylines that are there. The face versus heel, the Mayweather thing. Sometimes you're just paying for fights because you want to see Mayweather get his fucking mouth shut and you want to see him get punched in the mouth. People that hate bones, here's your opportunity. This is it. This is a, as you mentioned, Jess, shut up and take my money type scenario. Get the fucking numbers right and get it done and hurry up and take our money. Make the fucking card a hundred bucks. I don't care. One twenty. I'll pay one twenty to see this card. I want this fight to happen. You will make more money in this pay per view than you have ever made at any other pay per view. It will be guaranteed the highest paid pay per view. Of all time, I guarantee it. John Jones is a draw. Whether you want to look at him as a heel or if you want to look at him as the face, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you want to look at Nagano as the next big thing, he's, you know, whatever, however you turn or twist this fight, it is the biggest fight now and probably one of the biggest fights in the last 10 years. Just fucking make it happen. I think that's all wrapped up. In a nice little bow. Jay, you are fantastic. You are magnificent as always. I love you. You're so, you're so great. Uh, before we leave, I just want to do one thing. Please, if you are having issues, uh, if you are in need of mental health, if you just need somebody to talk to, if you're going through a breakup, a relationship thing, if you're going through a family thing, if you're going through a youth thing, please call this national helpline number. It is one eight zero zero six six two help. 1-800-662-HELP, which is 4357. Please give this number a call. It is free for everyone, 365 days a year. They always have somebody on the other line. Somebody will be able to listen to you 
And maybe that's all it will take to get you out of your funk or push you and put you in a better direction. Uh, Jay, do you have somebody loves else? you? We love you for listening. Shout out you at JTT81. Shout out me, Valdez spelled backwards, 559. These are our Twitter handles. Again, please follow the show. I guarantee an automatic follow back from Jess up from the new show, the Twitter handle. What is it again? Toss, Team Toss. Please Team Toss. Guaranteed this week only, one week only. If you follow us, we don't care how bad your account is. We don't care how many followers you have, five, 500,000. If you follow us at Team Toss, we're following you back this week only. Doesn't mean that we won't yes. unfollow you later. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us. I have had an outstanding night. Uh, talking combat sports with this man on the other end of my line uh, makes me want to watch and, and dig deeper into combat sports. I love this guy. I love his, his knowledge on the sport. Next week, apparently we have guests lined up. I can't wait to see that. Um, we will talk more about the NFL draft as it gets closer. Um, we will talk more about other things, pending fights, uh, if they happen to roll and get bigger and bigger and bigger, or whatever happens. We will have another show lined up for you next week. We will drop it Wednesday night, just like we're dropping it tonight. Folks, that's it for us.